I don't, um, Pastor had got into my notes this morning. I had looked very quickly, look, because I found myself on holidays today from the Sunday school. So I quickly looked maybe Monday and saw the lesson, but completely forgot. So I'm in the spirit. I am in the spirit. Praise God. Very quickly, the title of the message is How to Position Myself for a Miracle. Praise God. Yes, we all believe in miracles, there is miracles. But how to position myself for a miracle. Or for miracles, I have done, because it is miracles. There is a wrong way and a right way. There is a right way of positioning yourself for a miracle, and there's a wrong way you will miss your miracle. You will not miss your miracle in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us open our Bible to Exodus 15. We're going to look at the wrong way. We're going to get two wrong attitudes out of the way very quickly. Before I go into that, sorry, I thought somebody would be taking notes. That's why I read that at the beginning. Scriptures is Exodus 15, verse 22 to 26, John 2, verse 3 to 10. They're the two main scriptures. And I've loved many, many more scriptures. But I want to give the definition of the word miracle. A miracle is an extraordinary event in the physical world that surpasses all known human and natural powers to the supernatural work of God. Each one. I am not telling somebody else's miracle. I am not telling miracles from books. I'm telling my own miracles. There was a man and woman, they live in Lucan, and their child, um, the first boy, climbed the wall this height, fell off the wall, cracked the skull, was on the way to Sligo, lost its consciousness, lost its sight. And they rang me and I prayed. And he came back conscious and he got back his son. But he had a cracked skull. But he has come, he's perfect. So the sister later on was anemic and she was in a coma, brought in in a coma and went into life support machine. And the same moment dad rang me and I went into Temple Street, but they were concluding to take off the life support machine. So I wasn't allowed in there, but thanks be to God I wasn't because doctor's faces can restrict you. I had a room here, just here. Wow, I prayed. I took back her spirit, I broke up the coffin, I closed the grave, and the father would kill the wife if this girl died. He is just something else. He is, he is, he is beaten her so much. And I, you know, I did a little condition with God. I said, God, you know him. You know the truth, God, I said. He will kill the wife if this daughter dies. He's a man that blames. I said, she can't. She must come back. She is perfect today. Absolutely perfect. So it's going beyond the natural. Amen? Amen. A miracle is a remarkable turnaround that brings a very welcome consequences. A remarkable turnaround in a situation, or in other words, a wonder. I'm going to give you another example. A man came from Port Leash with his two feet to, be, to go to James's hospital to be amputated from gangrene. He came to a house in Adamstown. She was a model and an alcoholic, so that's how I got to know her, praying with her for deliverance from drink. She rang me at 12 o'clock at night, said, Camilla, can you come to the house? This man is here on his way to James's tomorrow morning for the two feet. When I went, it was 12 o'clock at night. I was in my pajamas, just getting into bed. But she persuaded me to meet me at Penny Hill in Lucan. 
I put on a tracksuit, Bohan went and um, spoke to him, read scriptures, encouraged him. The two feet had about six bandages and the gangrene was still coming through. I laid hands on him, I prayed with him. He was sent home from hospital the next morning with his two feet. So I, I, I one, two things, two, uh, two of my things I love. Speaking about faith and speaking about miracles. I just love the topic on faith. Because I walk by faith. And when you speak about a miracle, you're talking about something that is not normal. Where God reverses irreversible. My mom was in hospital, she had seven children. She had a great husband who never allowed her to rest for one moment. She went to bed at one and she had to be up at five. Once daylight came, daddy, up, up. Even though he had been sitting from the time he finished working as a contractor, uh, he would sit from six, seven in the evening until he'd go to bed, but mom would work. But anyway, she had ulcers on her legs all the time, bleeding ulcers. So they could do no more skin graft on her legs. So they were deciding to bring her to Dublin to amputate one of the legs. Dad was called in, I, we were called in, seven of us, and her mom were called into the hospital before she was being brought to Dublin. She was so bad in the hospital, in the bed, that we passed her by, we didn't recognize her. She had gone, disappeared on us, she was the color of those one. But anyway, the nurse brought us to her. She was a woman of prayer. She prayed for everyone in the village. Miracles were happening every day for everybody else. She had gone through this ulcers for years, from actually from the last baby it started. She prayed and she prayed and she prayed and she prayed. She never went to Dublin Hospital and she went to heaven with her two legs there a couple of years ago. The leg was healed and her leg came perfect. And after that, they, they couldn't graft any more skin. There was no more place to graft any more skin. It wouldn't just heal. She was miraculously healed. And her legs were perfect. Also, she was a nurse, but she was a woman of faith. Dad had um, a farm, and he had an animal, female as a cow. She had a calf by section birth, but the vet was on the field there, the, the operation, but the cow would not stop bleeding. So Dad stood on Mammy's faith, and Dad ran, sent immediately for Mammy. Mammy came down the field, just did a prayer, and the bleeding stopped. There was another time, Yes, she used to do night vigils. Though she was a Catholic, we did night vigils. Other Irish people can't remember them. I do talk to people, do you remember? And another thing I remember, missionaries used to come into Ireland and for nine days you would have mass at six in the morning and mass at six, half six in the evening. I went to them, no other Irish person can remember. I remember, I remember the missionaries coming in and screaming the way you scream pounding the altar, but they didn't give us the solution of Jesus. That's the only thing they didn't do. But anyway, she went on a bus on this vigil. When she came back from the bus, the vigils were till 5 a.m. in the morning. She came on the bus, they dropped her at this place, but she still had to walk two miles home to her house. It was Sunday morning, no cars, nobody around. Don't disturb daddy. So she said, Lord, now there was another animal at home and when they had a baby calf if they got this disease i can't remember the name they paralyzed from there the hips and they never were able to stand up again uh, so they had to be put down put away so this cow was already in a trailer to be taken to be put away 
And when she started walking, she said, Lord Jesus, she said, I'm sacrificing this walk and I'm giving you glory. That when I go home, that animal will be healed. And he was healed. She, and she, instead of going into the house, she just peeked over into the trailer, which went over to and the animal was standing. So I want you to, 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 to believe that miracles are possible with you and I. Praise God. Praise God. A miracle is something that should not be able to happen according to the law of man. Luke 24, 1 to 7. I actually don't need to go through it. It's the greatest miracle. We did it in Sunday school, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It was one thing for Jesus Christ to die on the cross. That was fine. Satan had conquered at that stage. He taught. But the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ now put the devil to shame. So everything that is dead in your life, I pray today, by the resurrection of Jesus indwelling in you, come alive in Jesus. Amen. I pray every, every, you know, stronghold, everything, stronghold, everything that is blocking your destiny, that has rolled a stone across in front of you. I pray that the Holy Spirit, I pray that God will send his angels to roll away that stone. And I pray that your destiny that your potential, that your dreams come alive today in the name of Jesus. Amen. I pray that that resurrection power of Jesus rest upon you from today in the name of Jesus. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You know the resurrection is the center to why we are here today. If there was no resurrection, we would not be here because there would be no resurrected Jesus. So it is central to our faith. Amen? Amen. Now let us open our Exodus 15 until we see how a wrong attitude can delay our miracle. I don't know, do you all know I had cancer when I started the church in November. Look at my throat, look at my eye, look at my face. There since I was 10, 11, 12 years of age. And I'm writing a book, and that will show what happened to me even as a child. That was where the width of my nail more of the cut, and I was dead. So when I started the church, I know it's this long, and I passed my remarks. Then one morning it up and it was that size. Then I said to the doctor, I was shocked. I went into freeze. I went into freeze. And I said, when I go to a regional pastor, no, I won't cry. No, I won't cry. No, I won't break down. No, 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 no. Went in. Good afternoon, Pastor Tommy. <laughs> and he just stood. Shock, 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 shock. You hear about it, you hear about it, you hear about it. But anyway, I had been reading the scriptures. Because they sent me straight. Yeah, that's why I went to Pastor Tommy. Sent me straight to the matter of they sent him an operation immediately, which was on the bone. <coughs> So I went, and he said, you have to get scripture. Sorry, I have the scriptures. No, he said, you have them from a book. He said, you, God has to speak two or three scriptures into you. They have to come from God to you. So that when Satan speaks to you the negative, you hit back with the word. Thank God, within three to four days, scripture started to come. And I stood on those scriptures where I would be sharing later. The story of the cancer is a long story. I refused the operation. I refused the chemo. I refused the, um, what's the other one? Chemo. 
turbid, the other turbid, the country. So I refused. I walked out of the hospital. I ran past Tony again. I said, I've refused everything. And he said, congratulations. I said, no, sir. Congratulate God. But he said, you took a leg of faith. I'm going to keep that leg of faith. So putting a long story short, I, it spread to the lungs, it spread to the liver and the pancreas. And cancer is a burning sensation that you can't explain. It's a pain, excruciating pain, but a burning that you want to scratch. You know the cells, because it has come back again, where I had an accident at work, and they rubbed a cream, they gave me a cream to kill the pain, and the cream brought up, upset the cells. And this has happened with someone else. There were, um, I've met somebody, I prayed with somebody for something, and they were rubbing in a cream for whatever they had. And the doctors went in for a doctor's examination, and the doctor said, you're an alcoholic. I'm marking you off the register for work. She said, I never drank in my life. And they discovered it to the cream. So immediately, I go off the cream, myself and my area pastor prayed, the cancer disappeared instantly. And that's just there in uh, October. But when I had the cancer, it is like, um, like that. Burning, tingling, gnawing, eating, eating. You, you, you really know it's eating. But I stood in, in faith all the way. But in February, we fast, and I rang my spiritual director. You don't usually ask the pastor above you what, how things are, but God was setting me up. I said, how are you doing with the fast? He said, fine, fine. He's a man of little words. Fine, fine. He said, and you? I said, sir, I'm not doing it. Now, at this stage, it was size eight. At this stage, his voice was gone. He said, why? I said, I will die. I said, I'm dying fast, but I said, I... He said, start tomorrow. He said, try God. I tried God and I didn't die. Because cancer does not come from foods. It grows on, grows from wheat, milk, beer, cider, vinegar, mushrooms, bread, all whites, all of those. So I went on to a smoothie every day of vegetables, spirulina, wheatgrass, smoothie every day, and green vegetables, no red meat, maybe one potato, nothing starchy. And that's what was the starting of my healing. Praise God. Amen. So in July then, I was still, it, it didn't go until 2013. July, I was very bad. I wouldn't, I wouldn't take the patch, the morphine patch, they offered for the pain. And I was sitting up in the bed at four o'clock in the morning like this, and my hand was like that. I said, Lord, I have to go to Roy of Medicine. And immediately he said, faith is the highest plateau. So I knew why the hand was there. He said, if you go the way of medicine, you've gone the way of man and you've failed me. I fell out on the floor. I said, I'm not breaking. I'm not breaking, I'm not breaking. I'm going to fast for all of July and I'm going to praise you for one hour every day that I'm healed. And I know that was the beginning of my healing. But a pastor gave me a protein powder that he had heard heals cancer. And he... Um, told me to take three sachets aggressively. Well, in my wisdom, I put that much powder on a spoon in water at 11, and it was working. Three o'clock, I had a pot of tea. I was with the staff, the nurses on my right and left, and I felt my clothes wouldn't fit me, and I just did that. The little lump was now the size of a pear. 
the shape of a pear, and in the matter they tell you, you get all the leaflets, go. Don't even go to your doctor straight in, because the surgeon said, our door is open for you 24 hours. But I stood at the positive. My reaction was so calm, none of the nurses knew what I went through until they came to the church. I just heard these words, stand still, stand still, stand still. And I felt God putting a steel bar down my back and I saw a soldier. And I was having this conversation and everyone waiting for the tea, but I must have paralyzed because the tea was still. And I said, a soldier fights. I said, I'm going nowhere. And actually it had opened, I went to the bathroom, the, the lump burst raw back flesh and was bleeding. I worked for the rest of the evening. That night, Pastor turned to red and said, Camilla, how are you? I said, fine, sir. Are you sure? He said, Pastor, our God is telling me to pray for you urgently. Sir, I'm okay. I looked at the clock. I couldn't lie down. The lump was there. I couldn't. It's 11 o'clock. I said, Daddy is going to Jesus Center for a night vigil. I couldn't put on my coat, so I put it this way. And I was walking like this. And I came to JCD, and I won't tell you the pastor's wife that said, can you not straighten? Can you not straighten? I said, I can't. I can't. That same pastor turns the other way when she sees me now. I went in and they were given Holy Communion. I took the Holy Communion and I got relief. You, you must not give in to Satan. Do you know every Sunday when I was doing the church, I did not bring Pastor Tunde to send up a pastor. I prayed, let a couple of people come. I actually thought the ambulance would come and pick me on the altar every Sunday dead. But I would not give in to the devil. The next morning after the vigil, I went and I picked my friend's daughter in the airport with the love bleeding. That Sunday evening I was to speak in a church, the pastor rang me. I said, sir, I only told five people in Ireland, five pastors. I told five pastors I could trust who would not even tell their wives. I want trust, I want prayer, I don't want it to be talked about. Never told my brothers, sisters or children. Because they have prayer but they have no faith. Which I told my son afterwards. And in Ireland they will light a candle for you, but with the same mount she hasn't long to live. Look at her colour. She was back in the Master Hospital last week. They are false procrastinations over you. You don't die of cancer. You die of unbelief, of doubt. Cancer doesn't kill you. So I rang the pastor and he's a very, very strong pastor. He said, let's believe God in the next seven days to heal that. So I got the anointed hanky I put between that and my body and my clothes. I never looked ahead for the week. I was on night duty. Friday morning in the shower, I looked down and the lump was gone back that size, but still open, still bleeding. I stood in the shower for 15 minutes and I thought of HSE again. Then I let her scream and I said, no, the blood of Jesus is greater than any antibiotic. I am going over Satan. Now, all of the time I was quoting the scriptures, which I'll go through in a minute. January 31st, 2013, it disappeared. The lungs were very, very bad. The lungs took a long time. Then my sister got the news because I visited, I asked God could I visit my son the next year, put on loads of jumpers, loads of coats so he wouldn't know us. I opened the door that this house that much. Mammy, what happened to you? I said, nothing. Mammy, you dying? No, I said, Michael, I was dead. I'm alive again. Mm-hmm. To my poor son. Then he argued and argued. I said, Michael, you have prayer. You don't have faith. 
Do you know a lady told the doctors not to come to her house when the husband had cancer? She said, don't water my feet, you're weakening my feet. Throw the prescriptions in the letterbox. It, it is, you must learn to zip them out and give everything to Jesus. Everything to Jesus. Rely, get, all you need is one or two pastors with you, standing in faith with you. You don't need the whole word, you don't need to run here, you don't. It's your confidence and your faith in your word. Amen. Amen. Exodus 15, 22 to 26. Then Moses led Israel onward from the Red Sea, and they went into the wilderness of Shur. They went three days in the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink the water because it was bitter. Therefore, it was named Marah. Marah means bitterness. The people murmured against Moses, saying, what shall we drink? I'm stopping there for a moment. The anointing, the Bible says in Isaiah 61, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, was upon Moses for what? To do the extraordinary, to do the miraculous. Now they have come three days, just three days without water. Three days you open your wardrobe and, and uh, sir, uh, you're speaking to him. Sir, I am three months with no new clothes. Sir, I am three months. Look at her, she has one knee, one car. I am six years with this old car. Murmur, murmur. They came, the water was bitter because they were murmuring. You come to church and you are bitter with the church. You are bitter, bitter that uh, your offering has been taken. The pastor is eating your money. You cannot get a miracle. You can't get a miracle with inner murmuring, inner complaining, either about your pastor, about God, about anyone, unforgiveness. It is the stone that has rolled across to block your miracle. Everything will be bitter while you are bitter inside. Everything will be bitter while you have a bitter mouth. Because we see, go on from there, and we see that Moses cried to the Lord. Someone must cry to the Lord for you. As Pastor said, we, she cries to the Lord for Ireland. We must cry for our family. We must cry to the Lord even for our wives, for our husband, for our children. He cried unto the Lord. And what happened? The Lord showed them a branch of a tree. And he threw the branch of the tree into the water and the water became sweet. The branch of the tree represents Jesus Christ. He died on the cross of Calvary. Threw Jesus Christ into any situation. Any situation. Any situation. In Bangalore, a little chihuahua dog. You know a chihuahua? That little lad? The neighbor across the road, somebody drove across the chow wow. He was broken a bit, that came, can't heal him. She had him at the fire. My neighbor told me, I went over, I said, Bridget, give me the chow wow. Father, in the name of Jesus, you love little dogs, you create the dog for healing. The dog was perfect. Every bone healed. Throw Jesus Christ into any situation. Bring him into your marriage, bring him into your job. There was an Irish lady, I would share with the pastor, she came to my house, she just lives around here. She was to come, she didn't come, but we'll follow her up in prayer, you know. And I was telling her, she was a sales lady. I said, ask Jesus to bring your customers. Ask Jesus to bring your customers. Peter, in Luke 5, 1, Luke 5, 1 to 5. Peter, what? He went fishing. He caught nothing. And Jesus knew he caught nothing, but Jesus teased him. Can I have a fish, Peter? What are we going to have for breakfast? Is it shoal? Is it haddock? Is it salmon? I caught nothing. 
and he's angry, cold, bitter, disappointed. I caught nothing. Look at the net. Where's the fish? Again, Peter launched out on the right side. There's a right side and there's a wrong side. Peter, you went fishing, but you didn't call on me. You know, you have my power. I gave it over to you. Luke 10, 19. I have given you the power. I have given you the power. Jeremiah 1, 10. You should. I'm going to command the fish come to you. You could have commanded in the name of Jesus, command the customers come to me. In the name of Jesus, command. What did Jesus do? Jesus said, fish from Cork, come up to Dublin for Peter. Every fish from Cork, Donegal, Limerick, every side, Wexford, all came to, the one, to Peter. And he had to get extra boats. Praise God. In 2 Kings 5, 1 to 5, Naaman, again, wrong position. Now, how dare he tell me to, to dip in the Jordan River? There are several rivers beside me, cleaner than the Jordan. How dare he tell me? I'm not going to do it. But again, because of God's mercy and God's love, the little slave spoke again. The second slave. Why don't you do it? Why don't you do the simple thing? And that's where I'm going with this scripture. Why? And that is the key to positioning for miracle. I can tell you all the miracles in that Bible. But if you're not positioned in the heart and expecting, you won't see your miracle. And Naaman turned around and said, Naaman said, okay. He went in, dipped seven times and came out like a new boy. God will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. God will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. And he cried to the Lord. Verse 26. Hmm. Verse 26, 27 is our key to success. Saying, if you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord, your God and will do what is right in his sight, and will listen to and obey his commands and keep them. Three words. Hearken will do and keep. Hearken, do, keep. Hearken, do, keep. Mary, hearken, she did and she kept. Mm. Hannah, hearken, she did and she kept. Mm. Paul, Joseph, hearken, did and she kept. Joseph hearkened to God when Mrs. Potiphar wanted him to sleep with her. He hearkened, he ran, and he kept his purity. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Go to John 5. John 5. A, um, right positioning is the subtitle. A, attitude. So, the people coming from Israel had a wrong attitude. John 5, 5 to 9, can someone read? John 5, 5 to 9. Yes. One man was there who had been, an in, had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there for a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, and while I am going another step, another step down before me. And Jesus said to him, Get up, take up your bed and walk. And at once the man was healed, and he took up his bed and walked. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank God for his mercy. Wrong attitude. Wrong attitude. Verse 5. There was a certain man who suffered, suffered, and who had suffered a deep-seated and lingering disorder for 38 years. I looked at that and said, wow, he didn't go the 40 years. 
like the Israelites on the mountain. That 40 years is for another day preaching, but God showed me something pertaining to our lives, very significant about family, carrying on the next generation, and that 40 years of being right or being wrong. When Jesus noticed him lying there helpless, I pray for any of you today, your families back home, that are helpless, that the Lord Jesus will notice them today. Amen. I pray as Jesus notice your helpless situation, that it will be transformed in Jesus' name. Amen. That Jesus will take note of our helpless situation in Ireland and help us touch the Irish Amen. in the name of Jesus. Amen. Knowing that he already had been a long time in the condition, he said to him, do you want to become well? Praise God. Do you want to become well? Are you really in earnest about getting well? Do you want your situation? Or are you comfortable on social welfare? Are you comfortable with being an invalid? Mammy will wash my clothes. Mammy will carry this. I don't have to hoover my room. Are you comfortable where you are? Then don't pray for promotion. Don't pray for a miracle. It's time to look into ourselves and see, am I in nearness? Am I like Esther? Am I an earnest about fasting? Am I an earnest about getting out of the bed at 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning? Am I serious with this God? Because God expects us to do something. We have to do our part. He said, are you an earnest? Then he answered, sir, now listen to his litany. We call the rosary in Ireland a litany. You repeat and repeat and repeat. Listen to his litany of excuses, his litany of complaints. What excuse, what procrastination are you saying? <coughs> the invalid said, I have nobody. I have nobody. I have nobody to help me in the church. I have nobody. I have nobody. You're looking at bodies, you're not looking at God. You're looking out at the human being, you're looking. I looked at nobody when I had the cancer. I looked at nobody. I looked up. I looked up, I looked up. I have nobody, when the water is moving, nobody will put me into the boat. Even when I try to get up, somebody else gets there before me. Even when I go for an interview, I'm so lazy, I'm so sluggish, that somebody else has taken the interview. Even when the bus is coming, it's always, it's gone when I get there. When I try, You have to overcome the triumph. You have to overcome the procrastination. You have to overcome the excuses. Amen? Amen. 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 Jesus said to him, get up. Pick up your mat. Get up. Pick up your sleeping mat. Get up. In other words, make a move. Make a move. Make some move. A miracle is where your ability ends and starts with the ability of God. In verse 8, he said, take up your mat. Move, man. Do you want a miracle? Move. Do something. Move by the word of God, if it's in that situation. Or move by faith. Move. Do some move. Do an interview. Do a program. Do a course. Whatever it is. And God will 
been vacuumed by miraculous power, by extraordinary power, by extraordinary results, by extraordinary favor and energy field, by whatever it is. If it is a sickness and you really don't want to use the doctors, you don't want to use tablets or anything, you want to have a testimony of it. Then your scripture, I did take chemo. Sorry, I did take the, the radium. Sorry, I did take the chemo. I took an armchair every day. I sat in the armchair and I said, Lord Jesus, I'm ready for the chemo. And I prayed the word into me. The word is medicine to our bones, tells us in Proverbs. So I took my chemo. The word of God was the fire and it went in and it burned. I sat one hour in an armchair and I spoke and I said, I'm ready for my chemo. So you take an action, you move with, with the word. If it's the word, if it's, I have a situation at the moment and I can't go near it, but I'm praying into the word and I'm also speaking that I dominate in that area. And I'm expecting God to send hornets in and drive out the enemy. I'm expecting God to send noises of horses and chariots and clear that for me. I can't win. It's not back when and their time when they went in and took over the land, you'd have the guard straight away if we went in and took over a room now. Praise God. Open our Bible to John 3, the wedding feast of Canaan. Look at what Mary did. John 2, sorry, John 2, verse 3. I'm just picking up scriptures because of time. John 2, verse 3. They were at the wedding feast of Canaan. And Mary was sharp in the spirit. She was quick. Jesus answered him and said, John, John 2, sorry, John 2. Read verse 3, someone for me. And when the wine ran out, the mother said to Jesus, said, um, but the mother just said to him, they have no wine. Praise God. And Mary was sharp. Mary saw, Mary saw a problem, Mary acted. Mary did not pass the book to blame to someone else. Mary did not allow shame to come on the young couple. Sharp, you're here, you see something is needed. You see something needs to be done. Sharp in the spirit. Don't procrastinate. Don't think someone else is doing it. Do it if you don't need to do it. Praise God. Be sharp in the spirit. With your marriage, with your family, with your children, be sharp in the spirit. Amen? Amen. Verse 7. Verse 7. Then Jesus said to seven, fill the jars with water, with water, and they filled them up to the brim. You can read to 10. And then he said to them, now draw out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. And when the master of the feast tasted the water, it now became wine. And he did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. The master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and when the people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. Verse 11 This is the first of his signs Jesus did at, the can at Cana in Galilee. This is the first miracle. The first miracle. A miracle is beyond the ordinary. Praise God. Hallelujah. B, A was attitude. B is your confessions. John 11, 4. John 11, 4. John 11, 26. John 11, 4. There are the scriptures I stood on for the cancer. John 11, 4. 
it says this sickness is not unto death for the glory of God. Okay? That's what I did. I told myself every day this was a lonely walk. I had not doubt, but I had fear that was I online? Was I doing the right thing? I had no doubt, but I had fear that am I gone too far in my faith in refusing all these operations and all this. I had, I had that shivering fear. But John 11, 4 says, this sickness and all. So I said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. God will be glorified. God will be glorified. That's what I did every day. God will be glorified. So whatever situation you're in, it is not unto death, but for the glory of God. You may not be in a situation today, but keep this message for another day. And remember, stand on that word, John 11, 4. I don't need to open a Bible ever again for those I know them. 26, read verse 26, because I love it. 26, I love it. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. And everyone that believes. He actually said it to Martha Mary. He said, I love other Bibles besides that one. He said, I told you if you believed, you would see the glory of God. I love it. I told you. So I stood back in the kitchen from Camilla and said, Camilla, if you believe you would see the glory of God every day. If you believe you would see the glory of God. Don't think I slept and the cancer disappeared. No, 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 no. If you believe you would see the glory of God. It was a battle of battles. And if you don't fight that battle, another battle will come and you will fail that battle if you run away. If you even live through that battle. I used to keep the refugees when they got deportation. I used to hide them. The Christian ones only. <laughs> but anyway, I had a Christian family. The wife was pregnant for about the fifth child. Uh, she got pregnant in the night or pain in the night. I had to bring her to hospital. The husband was at home with the other children. I had a big sitting room this size with an open fire. And he put in fuel into the fire. The poor man did not know when to stop putting in fuel in the fire. He went to bed, the floor was timber, the ceiling was timber, the f he filled this size of a fireplace with timber, timber fell out on the floor. When I came from the hospital, the Holy Spirit, Spirit said clearly going up the stairs, check the sitting room. I turned around, I said, it's okay. He woke, he was sleeping over the room with another baby. He woke when the fire had burned this part of the ceiling under him. And he ran down. He was an asthmatic. He couldn't get in the door with black smoke. He ran up the houses on fire. I had to freeze for a while. What do we do? <laughs> they ran out. They, without any clothes entering, they ran to the bottom of the garden. I rang the guards, the police or whatever, fire brigades, everything. I prayed the blood of Jesus. Because in the room next door was everything for the church in that room. Congo. Um, all that's in the office in JCD. For... Technical, everything was in there. Accounts, money, everything was there. But in this room was just a glass case, Mammy's chair, and Mammy was on holidays because Mammy was living with me. And the fire brigade came, so Pastor McIntyre was that time, and we pleaded the blood of Jesus. Then I ran around to the front of the house, and there was five drums of gas, and my car right at the door. But on the road was the landlord and five, six, ten Polish men. Looking in, I let her scream. I walked through the fire, walked into the house, I took the keys of the car. I came out, I let her scream. I said, get these drums from here. Get my car moved. We pleaded. Now that fire had come on this door, coming out in the hall. 
myself and Pastor McIntyre pleaded the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood. The fire stopped burning on a wooden door. Stopped burning. The fire was contained. There was a chandelier. It dropped to the ground. The fire stopped. The fire was contained in one room. Three fire brigades came and they said, Ma'am, how did you keep the fire in one room? I said, the blood of Jesus. I said, the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ. So, verse 26 of the same scripture. Did we read 26? Yes, 40 to 42. I want to close then. 40 to 42. But, but Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you will see, you will see God's glory if you believe? Hmm. Didn't I, didn't I tell you? Please, I want you to learn that word of memorize it. Tell, didn't I tell, what's your first name? Larry. Larry, didn't I tell, this is what you have to do at home. Larry, didn't I tell you if you believe God, you will see the glory of God in your sales, in your marriage. Didn't I tell you? It doesn't matter how slow the child is in reading. I was, when my child was um, sixth class, the principal called me in and he said, uh, Michael is very, very destructive in class. He's too brainy and he has everything done in minutes and he just turns this class upside down. There's a, a school for disturbed children. I came home, I was on my own, separate, came home. I was only knew Jesus but didn't know scripture, no pastors, no one. I had a statue of Jesus, came in and I said, I little, I little knew about Jesus. I said, Jesus, how dare him tell me what my child is? You're the boss. And I put the phone number under the statue of Jesus. That boy went to boarding school. I went up to the church then. I don't, know, don't ask me why I went to the graveyard. Or I met a woman at the graveyard who was another blow-in. You know what a blow-in is? Okay, you're a blow-in here. You're a blow-in in Ireland. You're a foreigner. So I was a blow-in. You think I'm in Ireland. I have never got one ounce of help or anything in Ireland. Because I went to the west of Ireland. The west of Ireland people have nothing to do with the midlands of Ireland. Different tribe. So I went to live after getting separated in the west of Ireland, knowing nobody. So I met this lady at the church, another blow in from Dublin to Galway. And we talked, and I said, where is your son going to school? She said, he's going boarding in St. Mary's. I got into the car, went into the boarding school. They had one bed left. And that bed was in a church that was turned into a bedroom. What did they call a dorm? Dorm. And the bed was an old converted confessional. Remember the confessional box? It was broken up. Now that was where Michael was going to sleep. He said he should do an exam. He should do an interview. He should be this, this, this. We said, let him come in. And I would see in three months. The boy did boarding school. The boy did his college. He passed and he's an engineer now. By the teacher who said, so you speak that word. If you believe, I believe I will see. Now you turn, I have to, you have to make your own prayer. I believe I will see the glory. I believe I will see the glory. Go on and read the next two, 44. So they rolled the stone aside and Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. Go on. You always hear me. I love that. Now my Bible says you hear me always. It even makes it more concrete. You hear me always. You hear him. So whatever the doubt is, he rolled away the stone. Roll away doubt. Roll away fear. Every blessed day, roll away doubt. Roll away fear. And he looked up. Remember, he looked up. The other man at the pool looked out. 
Jesus looks up. You look up, look up, look up, look up. He will send you the help by humans. And when Jesus sends you the help by a human being, no matter where I go to, for, to another place in, in Ireland, I will also send me a human in an angel, Lord, so that I can pull up and say, where is the church, you know? So, and, and he will always put them in my path. So he looked up and he said, you hear me always. That is, now go to 1 John 14. These are all my pet scriptures from the cancer. 1 John 5, 14, 15. 1 John 5, 14, 15. Key scriptures. 14. 14 says, and we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. 15. And since we know he hears us when we make our request, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. Praise God. I want to read my Bible. This is amplified, but even if you go to a um, live application, because this is to how I said it to myself. And this is the confidence, the assurance, the privilege, the bonus, which we have in him. We are sure that if we ask anything of him, according to his will, we shall have it. 15. And if we positively know that he listens to us in whatever we ask, we also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have granted that what we have requested. In other words, this is what I did. This is the confidence that I have. That if I know God hears me, and I know that I know God has heard me, then I know that I have what I ask. Break it down. Brief it up. Make it simple, but make it concrete. This is the confidence, and that was my key scripture. This is the confidence I have, that if I know that he has heard me, and I know that I know he has heard me, then I have what I asked, because I asked according to his will for healing. It's God's will you're healed. It's God's will you're delivered. It's God's will we prosper. It's God's will we live in abundance. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's bow our I could go on and on and on and on for scripture. Bold confidence. The three I have was attitude, confession, bold confidence, and faith. I love that of Elijah. He walked up to the altar. Remember Elijah, Larry? Walked up to the altar as bold after the false prophets. And Elijah, Elijah, yeah, Elijah came to the altar. And he just said, God, I study that and see the closeness of God. God, send down fire. God of Elijah, Abraham, Isaac. If I am a man of God, send fire. Look at how close he was to God. If you can get to that position, Larry, if I am a man of God, then send prosperity. Have the confidence he is there, hearing you, seeing you. His ears are open that much. It's the confidence, the bold confidence, the attitude, the confession and faith were the four points that I had for the, for the message. Let us bow our heads. Let us repent where we've been procrastinating. Let us repent of all the miracles that we missed because of doubt, fear, and procrastination. Fear, we put our, we put our prayers in the past in men. Let us repent for the prayers and the faith we put in men. Let us repent for all the money that we sowed for miracles and we didn't see our miracles because we put our faith in our money. Isn't that right? I did it. 
You saw, oh, I saw this, I saw that. That is even worse than the Catholics lighting candles. You're handing back the problem to God when God has already done it through Jesus Christ. Jesus is the miracle worker. We can have any miracle through Jesus Christ. Now I want you to, after repenting, I want you to say, Lord Jesus, increase my gift of faith. Just let my faith explode. I ask for an explosion in my faith. Lord, I have faith the size of a mustard seed. Please, Lord, I ask you to put an explosion to that faith. But Lord, I know faith as a testing. Lord, prepare me for the test of my faith. Equip me with bonus. Equip me, oh God, with, with, with that bonus. As I'm asking for my faith to explode, I also ask, Lord, for my boldness, my strength, my courage to face every challenge by faith and not by fear. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Almighty God, I thank you. Almighty God, I give you praise. I give you glory. I give you honor. Father, I thank you for the lives that are touched to you today. Thank you, Jesus, for the stones you've rolled away. Thank you, Jesus, for new life, new heights, new faith. Thank you for opening our eyes. Thank you for opening our ears. Thank you for the word. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. Thank you for miracles. Thank you for making us vessels of miracles. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you. I apologize to the whole church, but I could keep preaching. <laughs> it's such a broad topic.